Well, hi, you guys. I'm Rick Dancer, and I'm going to get my headphones on so I can make sure this sounds proper and good. We've been having too much fun here. The guests that are coming on, you guys are going to have a blast with. Because I like doing stories like this because, um, you know, when you have things happen um, that are negative, it's really nice to give people a point of action and something you can do. So we're going to be talking tonight about um, an organization that is looking into one, helping you understand what you can do if you're frustrated with your school board and things aren't going right and, and some positive things that you can do to really make a difference. And also we're going to talk about school choice um, because a lot of parents are getting upset with Oregon schools because of uh, things like fantasies and being taught in the health classroom at Churchill High School and books that talk about young men being abused. And so people are tired of it and they've complained and complained and complained and nothing's done. I got a call from Fox News today and they were asking me, can you give us kind of a roundabout picture of what the overall, we've talked to a bunch of parents who want to know more. And I suggested they talk to the folks we're going to be talking with tonight to um, put this positive spin on the end of a story. See, because here's what we have to remember. You know, when, when there's when, these are opportunities to change things. I mean, this has been going on for, for just decades. I mean, ever since I was a reporter, things like this have been going on. And finally, we're being awoken. <laughs> I love that word. We're, we're being awakened because they're being awoken. And so we're going to change that by getting involved and not we don't have to be mean. You know, we don't have to. You know, what I think is wrong with our country right now is we need a vision. We need a vision for what we want to be. What do we want to be? Do we want to be a school, a system that that teaches children um, to, to talk about their sexual fantasies in a classroom? Or do we want to be a school, a school system that teaches kids how to graduate from high school with better than a sixth grade reading level? And maybe Oregon can move from 38th in the nation um, in terms of education and move up to, well, how about we moved up like five or 10 points to start with or something? So we're going to give you some information tonight that can help you do that. So our show is sponsored by Chris Dental Family Dentistry, where everyone is welcome. Uh, they also have a denture center there. And just as a side note, Dr. Bratland, uh, who owns Chris Dental, is running for one of the positions on the 4J school board. He was already considering that. And now he has uh, solidified that and has filed and he is off and running. We'll be hearing a little bit from him, not about his campaign, because we can't do that, but we could just tell you about him a little bit in just a second. Um, also, Alvord Taylor is one of our sponsors, Endless Possibilities. They work with uh, organizations and people uh, with different abilities, used to be called disabilities, but what we've learned is we all have disabilities. These are just people with different abilities, but they give them lives. Um, they teach them how to have their own life. And uh, they're always looking for employees. So we have a little message from them as well. I think these are going on. And then New Leaf Hyperbarics and Wellness Center, Matt McCarl. He's got a special if you're a first time client, you're coming in for light therapy, which is what we're going to show you a little commercial on tonight about that. Um, light therapy, hyperbarics or massage, your first time you get 50% off. So that's Matt McCarl. We could not do what we do without our sponsors. So we hope that you will also recognize that and give them some love when you do it. All right, let's bring on our guests, Donna and Mark Fieldman. Well, hello, you guys. Hi. Hi, Rick. 
I find that I scream more when I have these headphones on. So I have to be, I take one ear off because it's like, plus I get excited, you know, cause it's like, this is stuff I like, I like doing. This reminds me of being a reporter, except now I can say what I want. <laughs> it's so good to be honoring. That's right. I get to be free for sure. So uh, oh, for our viewers, if you guys would, when you comment on here, would you put down where you're from? Even if it's just your name and just say Monroe, Oregon, um, just so I can kind of see where you're from. I think this will be really interesting. So Donna, you are from Education Freedom for Oregon. Tell us what is what is Education Freedom for Oregon? Well, thanks. It's a grassroots, nonpartisan group of moms, dads, grandparents, neighbors, aunts and uncles, and we are just working to bring choices to parents and families. We wanna make sure that all of our students in Oregon have the opportunity to find the environment, the learning environment that works best for them and use that as their place of education. All the kids, no matter where they're getting their education, whether it's public school, private school, homeschool, charter school, they're all students of Oregon. They all deserve a quality education. And we're just going to be bringing two measures to the ballot that allows them to choose all of those selections. So we're a grassroots group and we've brought two measures that we'll talk about a little, little bit later. So what what got you to the point, because this is a lot of work and <laughs> yes. you, it's like, Mark and I know this, it's like, oh, anytime you do, I don't care if you're a campaigner or have a campaign, um, it's a bunch of work. So what, tell me about your heart for education, Donna. I wanna know well, your heart. My kids are grown, so I'm doing this not for kids of my own and for kids that I don't know and probably will never know. Basically, I ran for school board two years ago and was not successful. And so I thought, okay, what else can I do that would help? I'm a retired CPA and tax lawyer and real estate broker. I have a master's degree, so I have a good skill set and I'm retired now. And so I have time and I thought, you know, education is so crucial. And I was such a lucky person to be able to get many degrees that I wanted to put you know, give back. And so I formed Education Freedom for Oregon. I reached out to some friends and neighbors and we've, we've, we're all working together. I met Mark, and brought him on the team as a chief petitioner. And our goal here is just to make sure that all of our kids get a quality education. So it's all about the kids. And I know politicians say that we're not politicians, we're just ordinary folks. But it is truly about the kids and making sure that they get the education because it's not like they can repeat seventh grade or eighth grade or whatever. They have a, a K through 12 time period where it's our duty to make sure they get a good education as parents and as people in the, the government. And I think for some kids right now, they're in an environment where they're not able to reach their full potential because of some artificial barriers. And so we designed these two measures to break through those barriers and allow the children to go to the environment that works best for them. So we're just the organization doing that. Um, just moms and dads, as they say, just ordinary folks but this is so important and we're willing to donate all of our time and all of our efforts to bring a good education situation to these children. So Mark Thielman, uh, you're a former candidate for governor and a superintendent uh, used to be at the Alsi School District. And then you uh, got, in, got into a little bit of trouble for standing up for your rights and uh, the rights of your students when it was uh, when we were in the COVIDism time. Yep. <laughs> That's my new term for COVID is COVIDism. <laughs> it's it's like a it's like another religion. It's like it's like um, climatism, and yep. then there's COVIDism, 
and then there's and there's so many isms that you know that it, 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 oh, I love it. you can never get enough isms but so so how did you get connected with this and and as a former superintendent and i'm guessing you were probably a teacher prior to that i don't know but i'm guessing um why is this important well i mean having been a teacher and a principal and a coach and you know eventually a superintendent for for 20 years and, and um you know finding myself uh, working at the behest of a government that I didn't even recognize anymore. And that's a little bit of how Don and I got connected. I had been working on I, uh, some open enrollment kind of thing. I'd done some legislation and I knew some people that Donna knew and that's how we got connected. Um, but I told her, I said, you know, if you're going to go out and do this, your uh, people are going to uh, get goofy and they have. And uh, I said, what, what have they done? What, what, what have they done, Mark? Goofy. Tell well, me about Goofy. There, there's two issues. You have to tip over. There's ego involved. We've we run into a lot of that in our in uh, the conservative side of the camp. And then uh, the 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 Democrats, the governor uh, are vehemently opposed to what we're doing. And so they they put a lot of political pressure on you. It can be uncomfortable. But uh, Donna is a seasoned vet, and so am I. So we decided since we both survived, she ran for school board. I was a, uh, uh, you know, in the public superintendent taking on the government. We felt it was a good match because, uh, you know, what what could go wrong, right, Rick? Right. <laughs> what, you know, so is one of the is one of the big obstacles, uh, like that three letter word O E A. Yes. Yeah, very much so. Uh, it's it's amazing how uh, folks on the union side uh, treat folks like Donna and I, like we are literally the devil incarnate. And there is no discussion about the role of parents or parents' rights there, or why education choice might be good for, for disadvantaged families or people of color. There is no conversation allowed you're not on our side. You're evil. You're bad. We're going to fight you with everything we have. So, you know, it's really pleasant. Okay. So when we come back, I want you to explain what these two, we'll, we'll start with one. We'll start with one piece of legislation. Start with that and we'll find out more about that. Okay. okay. Hang on. What is it about dentistry that just connected for you? Because I mean, it's, it's quite a jump from journalism <laughs> to, de to yeah. being a doctor. I'm not the most social person in the world, like like not like you, um, but I do like interaction with people, uh, and it's fun people being people's doctors. And I feel like I am a caring person, so I like figuring stuff out. I can figure it out. I can diagnose a tooth almost better than anybody. I've had people come in. They've been to three other dentists. They can't figure out what's going on. And I can. I, I like that. It's like a, like being a, a detective. And you've also really centered your practice on buying American with your crowns and that kind. Of, I mean, that's, oh yeah, that's really important to you. Yeah, if I could, buy, if I could buy everything 100% American, I would. It's hard. Like I even told my reps, I've, I've repeated my reps several times. Like I don't want to buy stuff from China. I, I want to try to buy stuff in the United States. So my, my crowns are American. Uh, I even talked to the, the lab into making sure they buy all the products from America. Like we need to. All right, that's Dr. Michael Bratlin, Chris Stanna, one of our sponsors, also running for a 4J school board. So um, either one of you, whoever wants to take on, tell me what these two ballot measures are and explain the first one, whichever one you want to be first. All right, I'll jump in. We have 
um, two measures. We have an open enrollment measure and a private school choice measure. Oregon had open enrollment from about 2012 to 2019, but the legislature let it lapse. We're bringing it back, but we're bringing it back in an improved manner. We drafted these from the perspective of parents because we are parents and we want both measures to be user-friendly, easy to work with, and basically facilitate the choice that the parents get to make. The open enrollment simply says that a parent can choose whichever school, whether that's a public school or public charter, that has available space that they want their child to go to. And what we're trying to do here is we're trying to remove the barrier of a zip code. Some people are able to move into any zip code they want if they have enough money, but there are other people who can't. So they're limited to a zip code that maybe doesn't have the best school system. We want to remove the barrier of, of zip codes and allow parents to be able to choose whichever public school or charter school. Maybe they're assigned to public school A, but for whatever reason, the school two districts away or one district away or something is better suited for their child, maybe because it has a better music program or better math program or whatever it is. So we want the students to be able to freely flow to whichever environment works for them. So that's our open enrollment measure. Okay, so and Donna, hold on for just a sec. So Mark, why why would the teachers unions and, and the governor and, and politicians be opposed to that? Well, it takes control away from the school district. The way that it's currently set up, the school district gets to decide who comes in from out of district or who gets to leave. So, and it goes down to the fundamental issue of funding. This is about uh, power and money. So the union is A-OK -okay to say to a struggling child and family, I'm sorry, we'd love to help you, but you're worth you know $16,000 between state and federal. So you get to stay in faith. And they don't have any qualms about that because the union doesn't represent students. They don't represent parents. They represent uh, teachers and educators. So would this in open enrollment then, is that, is that school choice? Is that part of what we hear is school choice? I, I'm learning so much. This is awesome. I really want to understand this better. Is that? Well, the way, yeah, the way open enrollment works is it allows parents to say, I'd like to take my kid from school, you know, that or the school district I live in. I'd like to my kid to go maybe to the neighboring school district where there's a program that's going to be better suited for my kid that my my geographical district doesn't. Right now, you have to have you have to you know go kiss the ring, and and you have to attempt to uh, get permission from both districts before you move. What open enrollment said is that if there's room in that district, room in that program, the, the district that you don't live in, they can't stop you from taking and that the receiving district has to take you if they have room. And that's what's what's nice about it. It worked when it was a law. It worked very well. Um, I grew grew our uh, student student body numbers significantly. Open enrollment. But what does the government do when they watch LC bringing all these kids K through 12, a regular public school, bringing kids in from other school districts, and they started to put restrictions on that statute. And every pretty soon I couldn't advertise. Pretty soon I couldn't have a dedicated bus. So I had to co-mingle routes and it became very, very difficult to get the same thing done. That's why this, this is an incredibly important issue. It's a constitutional amendment that says parents will always have this right under the Oregon Constitution uh, to take their kids somewhere else if there's room for their kid there.
So that way, if the if you know we have a change in the legislature, they can't go in. That's what's so wrong with the whole system right now. Is depending on who's in charge or what they're you know how, how tightly knit they are to whatever organization, then things come and go. So you can never depend. And, and what bothers me, I know Donna, you smiled when he said something, and I wanted to laugh because it was like, um, why should if it's really about the kids? And, and we're concerned, and especially in Oregon, where we're, you know, I, I think we're still like number 38 or something like that. 46. Oh, yeah. good. We're doing better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, that, that, okay. That pisses me off. Yeah. We're ahead of Mississippi. So got that going for us. We're 46th out of all 50 states with our, our graduation levels. Yeah. That's appalling. And and the amount of money, how much student, how much does each student get? Well, in the, the state school fund right now, it's about 11,000 change, so basically 11,500. But then there's federal and state dollars well that, that also uh, pile up on top. So it's a, it's a lot of money and we could be seeing much better results uh, in relation to the funding that we're pouring in. But remember, it's inefficient. In a, in a monopoly that's union, uh, you know, administration has grown 1,500 the last uh, 10 years here in Oregon. Uh, but but teaching number of teachers and class sizes, um, you know, has gone down proportionally. So it, it has a lot to do with the value of the, of the people making decisions and where they put their money. And uh, if you have too many administrators, Rick, then you have lots of compliance in a culture and not a lot of innovation, not a lot of focus on outcomes. Well, well, I've often maintained, and Donna, either one of you guys can pop in here on this, but if what, what Oregon needs is some competition. You know, if you're, if, if right now the only game in town is public education, I mean, for the most part, because a lot of parents can't afford charter schools. Why in the hell can't I take my $16,000 that goes with my two, my 16 and 16, if I had two children, which I do, but they're not in school. But why can't I take that $32,000 and send my children? Because if we're really concerned about kids, um, if Johnny uh, needs a really good music program and Charter School B offers that music school program, and by Johnny spending the money that he gets, going to that program keeps him in school and makes him a successful human being, then I would think that the Oregon Education Association and all the teachers who care so much about children would be into getting, making sure that those kids get to the best school that they can and we get those graduation levels up. That's, that would be, um, that would, that's putting your money where your mouth is. Otherwise you're a hypocrite. Well, and the important thing that we're focusing on too is there's been school choice coming across the country for a few years now. 2021 was the year of school choice. And all of those other states are bringing it through their legislature. So they're in, enacting statutory measures. Good and luck in Oregon. That, and if they're <laughs> able to do that, that's that's wonderful, except they those statutory measures are not permanent. The, the parents, the students, the teachers that are going to use those programs won't have the confidence that those programs will remain that way for the duration of the time that they're getting their education. And we've looked at Oregon and in drafting our two constitutional measures, we looked at Oregon in the history of our legislature. There have been attempts over the years to bring versions of school choice and school choice is kind of the umbrella concept and there's many flavors of it. 
we have two, open enrollment and private school choice, but we realize that we cannot get it to come through a legislature. There are, you know, there are forces in the legislature that do, don't want it to happen. So we knew that we had to draft it as citizens, as a by the people, for the people, of the people, to basically make sure that we get all of the components that will help the ultimate winner here, which is the children. So we drafted these as constitutional measures. And by doing so, we're bypassing the legislature. We're bypassing Whoa. the governor. We are taking our concepts, which is all the good things about school choice to empower parents and let children get the best education they can. And we are cementing those into the constitution. We're that also cementing so the concept good. that comes from Oregon, a 1925 case that started in Oregon, went all the way up to the Supreme Court, was a unanimous 9-0 decision that basically came down and smacked the then governor in the head, Pierce, and said, hey, buddy, you cannot force all kids into the public school. They have a right to be in the environment that works for them. And in fact, the, the famous language is the children are not the mere creature of the state, but in fact, the parents have the right and the duty to educate their kids. So what we're doing is we're taking that overarching fundamental concept that, that runs through all of the Supreme Court decisions after 25, and we're putting that in our constitution so that our parents, our students, our teachers, our administrators, our legislature, legislators will know, look, our kids are the, the focus here. Our kids need to get an education. Our constitution right now says that all the money that we put in the hat is supposed to be for our children. Nowhere in the Oregon constitution does it say public schools. It says educate our children K through 12. So we are making sure that that happens with the focus again on we have a duty to our children to make sure they get a good education. These two measures will constitutionally protect those choices and give them the full smorgasbord. Okay, let's talk about the private one in just a second. Okay, the, the other measure. So hold on just a second. What do you think that, that the community needs to understand or maybe more clearly? about what it is that Albert Taylor and your staff do uh, for, for the community. I think the community needs more education around developmental disabilities and IDD. I think that that is the biggest barrier between the community and any agency in Lane County. They, they don't really understand what these people we support deal with on a daily basis. And I feel like if they were educated more on the things that they deal with and the issues that they have, then it would, they would understand more what we do and it would bring the community together better. Because what they don't want your clients is to be feel so felt sorry for. Exactly. What do they want? What do your to clients want? They want to be accepted just like you and me. Did you know that light therapy could alleviate your pain? There's been over 60 years of study into light therapy. Blue light really works well with the skin. Red light penetrates down into the muscles to really help with muscle recovery from workouts. Infrared can go bone deep through the skull into the brain and can help promote blood flow, which can help with mental, mental clarity. Some new light pads, they're called the Deep Light Therapy Pad. They're infrared only. 
They're really good for targeting areas of the body to really get deep penetration into the large muscles, down to the bones, work with muscle soreness and joint pain alleviation. And again, at New Leaf Hyperbarics, you can get 50% off if you're the first time client uh, for the massage, for the light therapy. And if you've never done light therapy or hyperbarics, oh God, it's so awesome. It is the most relaxing thing you will ever do. So I highly recommend it. Okay, my guests, we're talking about school choice. We're talking about open enrollment. We're talking about, um, I think you guys did a really good job on this because you go to the constitution, you change the constitution, and then the lawmakers and the OEA and all them can't mess around with it um, and, and water it down so that they uh, get their funding back. Um, tell me about measure number two. Well, the, it, it's actually the open enrollment is number five. Um, a private school choice is number six. And okay. basically that's the other side of the coin. Because again, the focus here is making sure that the parents are able to know their children. They're able to choose an environment that works best for their child. So the open enrollment lets them choose public school, public charter. The private school choice says, you know, for some kids, public school's not the best fit. So these parents then are able to opt out of the public school and be able to have their children educated in a private school or an open uh, homeschool situation. And because all of the money is supposed to be spent on all of our children, regardless of where they get their education, the parents who choose to opt out and go to the private school or homeschool are able to bring with them a portion of the money that would have been spent on their child in the public school. So, so what portion, to, how much do they get to bring with them? Well, it's approximately $7,600 per year per student. And it's based on a calculation of how much is available from the state school fund. But basically what happens is the parent can raise their hand and say, hey, I want my child to go to a private school or homeschool. I'm choosing a nonprofit as the administrator then the state says, okay, fine, we'll send the money from the state to the nonprofit. Parent never touches the money, so we don't have accountability fraud type situation. But we also wrote language specifically in there that says once the money goes from the state to the nonprofit for the account of the parent, it stops being government money. And that's a situation that's very important because what we wanna make sure here is that we, we're not changing any school, we're not changing what the public school does, but similarly, we're not changing what private schools or homeschools do. So we're basically building this brick wall between the public and what the public can regulate, which is the public schools. The government can regulate public schools, but it can't climb over that wall. Oh, I get it. Or force a private school to change its focus, to change its special features, to change its identity. Nor can it force the parents who are homeschooling to have to be in lockstep. So what we're doing is we're protecting, making sure that the connection between the money and the state is severed once the money goes into the nonprofit's account. And we're also telling the state they may not force parents or private schools to change their creed, their education practices, their curriculum, their admission policy, or the teacher qualifications. Smart. It's so important that we give parents the full choice. If everything became a homogenized, watered down version of a public school, well, there's no choice there for a parent. So what we're saying is we're not changing any school. We're protecting them to be what they were. And we're allowing the parent to say, hey, this is the best choice for my child or this one or that one. But we're protecting their unique characteristics. So the private schools can stay how they were. Homeschooling can stay how the parents want it to be and so forth. And what's wonderful is, is we're using education savings account. 
people are probably familiar with a voucher, but an education savings account is the latest version. And it's much better because it allows the parent to customize. So they can take that $7,600 and maybe their child wants to, needs to go to a private school, but they also might need some tutoring. Maybe they have a, a slight disability. They need a education therapy for some component. Maybe they need a new computer. Maybe they need transportation costs to get them to the private school. All of those type of education expenses can be purchased with this money. And so anything that relates to educating that child is can be used, the money can use uh, that. Wow. For, for but then what's really key is if the parent is frugal and if they have 7,600 to start with, but let's say, you know, K through eight private school tuition is around 6,000. And so maybe they could spend it on the 6,000. Maybe they have a little bit of uh, tutoring or something, but they have something extra at the end of the year. Well, that money doesn't just disappear. Instead, it rolls over to the account for next year. And then the child gets a new allotment. So if the parent's frugal, they one are able to save up that money because when they get to a private high school, it's a little more expensive. So they'll have the money. But then the real sweet deal is whatever the child graduates with. So when they complete high school, if there's 10,000, 20,000 in the pot still, we're allowing them to take that money to an Oregon college, university, trade school, vocational school. So for kids who are thinking, wow, I don't have a chance of going anywhere. Now they have to come to an environment that works for them, getting the best education during their K through 12. And then after, if there's money left over, now they've got a college fund or a trade school fund. So we're giving these children the, the opportunity of a lifetime. And this is what we need to do. This is how we need to treat our children, give them the best possible education. That's genius because then you're also encouraging Oregonians to stay in Oregon and go to school in an Oregon school. So you're keeping you know, the best of the best right here. And But now the only problem, Donna, I see is, you know, where's the administration fees um, for the parents and all those? Well, we, we I'm, also I'm kidding. I am kidding. Oh. You. I'm, I'm totally kidding you. I'm thinking if they're only there's actually the you know, the, the state, the governor should be really happy with this, because if it costs like 16,000 and we're only going to take 7,600, that's still dumping a bunch of cash in there that Johnny or Billy doesn't have to have. So they're getting it. And then um, and but, you know, you guys don't have all those administrators to pay so they can use that extra money to pay their 14 administrators in every school district um, in, in the other the thing. Wonder, yeah, the, the wonderful thing is, again, if it costs 16,000 to educate a child in a public school and we're giving about 7,600 to a parent to educate and the child is going to get at least equal and more likely a better education. And then there should be some downward pressure on, well, no, wait a minute, if it's if we can get a great education for 76 over here, maybe we need to build some efficiencies on the other side. And there, there could be downward pressure on what we're spending in right. public school. But again, we're not seeking that. We're just trying to make sure that all children get to the environment that works for them. And basically, we don't know. I don't know what your children need. You don't know what I need. But the system is designed right now that says that some you know, ODE administrator knows which one. And they say right. that if you live here, you have to go there, or you can't go there, or whatever. Well, parents know their children, and we trust our parents much more than we trust some government official. We think that and, parents have the, the burning desire to make sure their child gets the best education. We're uh, empowering the parents to be able to do that with these measures. Mark, what are what are the what is the OEA and the and the state of Oregon and Governor Kotak and all these um, you know, I'm sure soon to be naysayers. What are they going to bring to what's what's the message going to be in the media that that uh, people are going to hear? 
well, it's very simple. This this will cost funding and already stretched resources that it disproportionately will affect children of color and social economic. But we thought through all this setting up the funding requirement for this petition. Reality, it's great. Mark, you're cutting out. You're cutting out a little bit. Let me, let me pick up where he might be leaving off. So what these measures will do is they will actually give more monies to public schools. Because again, if we're looking just at easy math, if, it, if you're spending 16,000 in a public school for little Johnny and little Johnny leaves and goes somewhere else, he's only taking about half with him. And that other half doesn't just disappear either. It stays in the public school. And so now there are fewer kids in the public school, but there's all this extra money. So the amount available to spend on the kids who remain in public school goes up. So and you're getting paid. They're getting paid for teaching Johnny when Johnny isn't even there. So they have yeah, nothing they have no to bitch about for Johnny anymore, but they still get half of Johnny's money. And yeah, could you yeah that should be a pretty good ask kiss for, for most and districts. I is would there think, any other thinking. industry where you lose customers and you still get paid? No, you got who who did that? You guys, you know, I have to tell you, I am ultimately <laughs> impressed with this. I, I mean, Donna. Well, we didn't just we didn't just dream it up. We spent no. about a year and a half, and we looked at legislation all across this country. We looked at what was attempted in Oregon. We looked what, at what was enacted in the other states. We looked at model legislation. I spoke with policy wonks in about twenty different states. We worked with constitutional attorneys. We sent it around to all these policy people. Got feedback, and what we did is we took the best features, the features that help the student, that make it easier for the parent. We took all the good stuff cut out all the crap and all the language that basically empowers the government because that's not the focus. The focus is on the child and making it simple. And I'm a mom. So I basically wrote these from the perspective of a mom wanting to know how simple it is. I'm no tech genius. And so I don't want to have it be hard. So, you know, we're, we're drafting this, we're getting input from all sorts of different people, people that are, you know, been working in this industry for 30 years, Mark and I and our constitutional attorneys, we put our heads together. We, we put in a sentence, we'd revise it we'd think, okay, the focus here is how are we helping the kids? And if this sentence doesn't help the kids, it's not in the constitutional amendment. So we're focusing, we're drilling down. And then once these measures pass and they go into the constitution, the legislature can do enacting legislation and they can do things like, well, they can say that the, the payment only goes out on a Thursday and they have to use a number two pencil to write with it or whatever. But what they can't do is they can't do any enacting legislation that conflicts with what we've written or the intent and once these pass, any conflicting existing laws are nullified and no future laws that conflict can be uh, passed. So these are going to be the, the holy grail of protecting parents, giving students the choice. They are the gold standard. And it's the, the way it has to be because we want the permanency here to help parents know that it's here. We don't want them to think, OK, well, I got this wonderful thing today. But if there's a new legislative session, what if they come in and strip it? Or, or take it out completely. No, no, we want this for parents, for kids, and for and for teachers to know that it's going to be here for the duration. So when does it? When would it be voted on? What's the next step then? Well, we're right now out and about collecting signatures. We have to get about 250,000 signatures for both measures to get them on the November of 24 ballot. And so we're by collecting when? signatures. By July? July 5, 2024 is the drop dead date. But so of course, you we need... want them to come in sooner because we have to process them all. And so I don't want 250,000 dropping on my lap on July 3rd because I'll be a little overwhelmed. But so they, we and... can collect up to then, but we need to we need to have them be coming in sooner. And you can. Is that what you need? So you really or is that 
Like, do you That's actually- That's what we want. We have to have 164,000 and change, but we know that sometimes the signature is unreadable oh. or it's mouse or something like oh, that. So we yeah. want to build in a cushion so that even if you know they throw some out, we've still got plenty there. So we're yeah. shooting for the fence. Everything we're doing here is we're going universal. We're shooting for the fence. We're focused on making this the best it could be for the students. And so we would love help. They can go to educationfreedomfororegon.com. They can print out the petitions. They can read the amendments. They can email us with questions. We also need donations because those folks that are opposing us have more money than anything. And uh, we're just moms and dads and you know former superintendents and former attorneys, and we're out there pounding the street getting signatures. But it's a very expensive process, so we would love donations from your listeners. So, um, so would you keep me posted? Because I will put you on again and again and again. Because I think this is—I um, I have goosebumps. I think this is. <laughs> I mean, I have, you know, I moved to Montana because I have little hope that Oregon's going to be anything for years. But if you do something like this, I, and I do feel like there is a, a, a push in this country to push back. And I think that people are tired. I was listening to Jordan Peterson the other day and he's talking to this other gentleman and they were talking about we, what we need in America is a vision a vision for our country. And I think what we've been getting is division. And it's not division, it's the vision that we need. And, um, and, and we're not gonna get that unless people participate. And if people watching this, if you just say, hey, that's a great idea, and then you walk away, you're part of the problem. You need to well, find- Well, another thing is we don't want people to think this is an us versus them or a Democrat versus Republican. This is a moms and dads and grandparents, everybody looking out for their kids. This polls well with everybody of all flavors, Republicans, Democrats, independents, um, school parents, not school parents, everybody, it's always in the low 70% are in favor of this because we all love our kids. And that's what this is all about. We love our children. We want them to get the best education. We feel it's our duty and their right to get a good education. So we always want to be aware that this is not a Democrat thing. It's not a Republican thing. It's a moms and dads and we love our kids thing. So, so everybody how- can say yes to this. How do people get a hold of you? We are educationfreedomfororegon.com. Okay, education. We're doing this as we go. <laughs> Freedom for Oregon. For Oregon. F-O-R-4Oregon.com. Okay. All right. So I put it on there. Educ- educationfreedomfororegon.com. Okay, I got it in there. So you guys, that's how, because people are already asking, how do we sign the petition in Lane County? So this will give you the information you need to sign it in Lane County and Clackamas County and Multnomah County and Washington County. Statewide, all over. The, all over. And you've got till July 5th. Of 24. So we have a little over a year. But again, we need a huge amount, 250000 for each measure to get enough signatures to get it on the ballot. And then we want everybody to vote yes. And the wonderful thing here is everything is a choice. People can all vote yes, but they don't have to use it. So if you don't have school kids, but you still pay taxes in Oregon, you still are concerned with Oregon. And once this passes, all of a sudden, the potential of our children is going to be just released. And then our Oregon will become known for us, the state that has wonderful education. Our kids will graduate with skill sets. They'll be able to get wonderful jobs. And then businesses, parents will come back and then the businesses will say, gosh, there's a whole bunch of parents in Oregon now businesses will come back and the entrepreneurial boom 
Yep. There'll be people saying, wow, I'm going to build a private school now because these parents have the ability to go to this school. So there'll be schools that focus on autism or STEM subjects or music yeah. or, or football or something. So it's, it's a wonderful thing for everybody. We can all vote for it. We don't all have to use it. But by voting yes, you're allowing the people who desperately need it to have it. And, and we all need to pull together here. The societal good is making sure our kids get a good education and that will happen with these two measures. Mark, don't you think this could set a standard for other states? Like I'm sitting here in Montana going, oh my gosh, we don't have any kind of choice or anything like that yet. Um, and you see other people doing it, but you could set a gold standard where all of a sudden, um, you know, and, and you know, to me personally, I know this isn't the motivation for you guys, or, or at least I know for Donna, but to me, it would also rip the power uh, or, or give the power back to the parents and away from organizations that are not as concerned for their kids. Cause there's nobody as concerned for your children than you. And anytime you get a, a big organization in there, um, they're going to be looking for power and money and prestige and better contracts and all that. And I, yeah. I think we can, we can hear you a little bit, Mark, go ahead. Well, I hope my mic works. But You're good. The, the, the fundamental issue not only with uh, school choice. Uh -oh. It's not, it's not working. <laughs> I don't know what it is you're cutting out. It's just kind of funny. Well, let me drop in a, a couple more nuggets. And that okay. is that there, are, there have been about 30 years of studies that show that when a, a public school system has a robust school choice program around it, it's the, what is it, the expression tide that lifts all boats. So the studies show that the academic performance across both the people who stay in public school and the people who exercise private school choice and leave both sets of students performance increases and the teacher pay for public school students for public school teachers increases too because now all of a sudden these teachers have many more options to, to teach they can start their own school they could go to a private school. And so all of a sudden the administrators, but they're going to say, well, you know, Mr. Jones is a great ninth grade geometry teacher. and We really value him. We're going to have to give him more money because we want him to stay because now he can just leave if he wants to. So it helps the public school teachers. It helps the students. It'll force the public schools to also listen to the concerns of parents. And if yeah. you think that the school board uh, meetings are contentious, one thing would be wonderful is the parents who who are, are angry about something in a public school, they can use the private school choice, take their child somewhere else. And now the temperature of these school board meetings will just go down because now we won't have that fighting of, you know, half the people like the curriculum, half don't, because the folks who don't will have the ability to leave and have the finances to do it. Because right now everybody pays taxes into the system. And then if parents want to have their child educated in a private school or homeschool, they have to write another check. And there's a lot of people for whom they can't do that. And so by making sure the money follows the student, now all students can get to wherever they need to be. And so there won't be this angst and, and fighting in these school board meetings. So right. it's and a wonderful if, opportunity. Well, and if you, then if you have a, a, a bunch of parents that really think that you know, a health class should focus on sexual fantasies, then they can have that in their school. And, uh, and then the parents that don't want that in their schools and are so adamant about that, then they can have their kids going to a different school. What I love about this too, um, both of you is that it creates, could you imagine a school for kids with disabilities um, that would really focus on the, 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 the things that they need 
to, because their needs are different than other people's, but not a special education school, but a school that is a real school that's, that gets these kids, you know, it, it could be anything. It could be half and half. It could be, you know, you could do so many great things and really give them a, a, a great education. And I'm thinking of alternative education. You know, look at all the kids that don't fit into regular school because they need, they want art or they want to learn on a different level. Well, now those schools, uh, like some in Eugene that are awesome schools, they're, they're now, they could now be a private school that focuses just for kids like Willamette Leadership Academy has done a really great job of, in, in Eugene of doing an army, kind of a military-based school that works for some kids. But you could have, I mean, think of the opportunities for different kinds of schooling for the kids. It's, it's overwhelming, actually. I mean, it, 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 do, it does give me goosebumps because I think you could have so many different schools and, uh, and they're all funded and probably, no doubt, doing better than we're doing at number 48 or whatever we are. Well, we have to remember, too, that most of the private school choice programs across the country came out of parents' desire to make sure that their child with special needs got the best education possible. Oh. So a lot of these programs started where the focus was just on students that had a disability of whatever category. And, and then basically they were expanded and we decided, look, we want to start swing for the fence right from the beginning. We don't want to have just a, one focus and then leave the other kids behind. We want all the students. And so these programs will allow parents to choose the environment and what we've seen in other states is once these parents have this purchasing power, in Oregon, these parents will have $7,600 in their hands to basically be using as purchasing power. Now there will be schools that come up that focus just on autism or that, that focus on, I don't know what the word is, when you, when you learn by touching things or another school or another program where you learn by seeing things. Right. So all of the things that would, would help students because we know just if you have kids, all of your kids are different. They, they learn different ways right. even within the household. And so you can't expect to put everybody in the same box and say, everybody's going to learn this today because this is how we're teaching it. And well, that's what's, that's what's, and that's what's wrong with public education right now and why so many kids fall through the cracks because, you know, I have one kid that went through the system and did fine because he's really, you know, that's worked for him. My other son, he doesn't learn that way. And he did terrible in school, felt horrible about himself. And now he's a fishing guide and a hunting guide and he's doing very well. But school was miserable for him because it wasn't targeted. It was targeted here. We're going to shoot for all the middle and everybody on the extremes we don't care about. So what's interesting to me about that, Mark, as we're having this conversation. So we shoot in schools to just cover the middle. But in politics and every other cultural thing we do, we always have to pay attention to the fringe. We ignore the fringe when it comes to education, but when it comes to cultural aspects of our community, all we do is pay attention to the fringe and we forget about all of us in the middle. I, Donna, you know what? If you run for governor, I will, I will vote for you. You have common sense. You're just like a, a, I mean, you're smart, but you're just like, this is, I mean, this is like ground shaking. You need to get a hold of, well, uh, we'll talk later. I've got some people I want you to get in touch with. Um, but yeah, or if Mark runs, you could be his chief of staff because that's really who does all the work anyway. And just put him up front, let him be a figurehead <laughs> governor, and then you go off and you do all the hard work and everything, which is how it always is anyway, you know. And uh, I'm kidding you, Mark. I know, I know you. You know me Mark well is, enough. You know. Mark is a treasure. He's got so much. He's a great guy. Knowledge. Every time I hear him talk, I'm just like, wow. I can ask him any question about 
you know, the intricacies of the school financing and all those things. And he always knows what to do. And he's got a very practical sense too. So I think he and I make a great team together. Um, I have the okay, we'll co-governor. We'll co-governor. It'll be the first <laughs> co-governor we've ever had in Oregon. And it'll be a male and a female. So yeah. now, and guess what? If, if all goes right, you won't even have to have a pronoun. Yeah. <laughs> My pronouns are help the kids. Yeah. <laughs> My pronouns is just shut up. <laughs> hey, you guys, I am so, this is way better than I tell Emma. I would give her a big hug for getting me this story. This is really good. And um, I hope you get on Fox and can talk about that and let me know how I can help you in the future and do as many things like this as you can. And if they start coming at you, like with all the other stuff, get a hold of me because we'll go back the other direction. I'm, well, I, I would love for parents to be able to go to our website because we have a lot of information there. The petitions are there. We love volunteers and we can have a full range of, of volunteers doing lots of different things. If you don't want to be out in the public getting signatures, we have roles where you could be in your house helping us with things. This is tr truly a grassroots. It's just moms and dads and grandparents and everything. So we all can do this together and we can accomplish this. And it's a lot of fun too, because it sells itself because we, you know, do you love your kids? Yes. Well, here, let's, let's do this for them then. Yeah. That's all it you know, has to come down to. It's for the kids, making sure they get a good education. All right. Because they're going to be our teachers and our doctors and our pilots and all that. So we want to make sure they know how to, you know, do all those and, things. Yeah. Great artists and, and yeah, all, all that stuff. Hey, both of you, thank you so much for being with us today. And um, Mark, I'm sorry that your mic wasn't working, but it, you, you, the first part it was, it's just kind of, you know, it's technology. It's just what it is. I guess, you know, I guess God just wanted to quiet you down a little bit. I don't know. I don't know how that works. All right. Thank you, guys. I really Thank appreciate you, you. Oh, you're welcome, man. I love that. That was super fun. Okay, so here's the good news. So now you heard that plan. That's an awesome plan, an awesome idea. So here's um, those of you who are frustrated with what's going on with 4J and all your school districts around the state, and I'm reaching people in Montana as well. Here's, here's, the, here's the nugget, I think, from this whole thing. You can make change, and these people are, are going at it the right way. So you can't always change the culture of a community, but when you go to the state level and you make those things in the Constitution, then it can't be changed back. And there is power in the people. Do not let the OEA and the, the big, powerful money people scare you. And when you hear them say the negative things about it, speak up about the positive things about it and what you want. Because they don't decide, you decide. And that's what we have to change. My vision for the United States and for, for America is that we get to a place where we the people understand that the beginning of the Constitution says we the people. It doesn't say we the legislature, we the governor, we the president, we the Congress. It doesn't say we the Oregon Education Association, we the unions, we the big corporations. It doesn't say any of that. It says we the people. And until we, the people, remember that and act on it and do something about it, it won't change. So let's change it. That's our job. Take this, share it on your page so other people can see it because Facebook is not going to like the content. So take it and share it so other people can see it. Share it with your friends. Share it with anybody you know in Eugene, 4J, Springfield, Bethel, your school districts. Let them see what's coming about because they're going to be excited about this. And if they aren't, they need to have their head examined. All right, I'm Rick Dancer. Tomorrow night, what do we have tomorrow night? Oh, I closed my notebook. Hold on, I'll get it for you. Oh, Bill London's here. Oh, and Rob, Charleston Rob 
is coming in. So we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. And uh, he, he is sure to uh, make you laugh and get me in trouble. <laughs>